Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the Dev Chen Symposium. I'm Yves Chen, and I'm Alex Severo. This is the place where interesting topics are discussed, ideas are examined, and culture are fused. All opinions are welcome, and we embrace beliefs from all walks of life, big or small. So let's just go ahead and get right into it. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to Dev Chen Symposium. This is week seven. Today, we're gonna talk about Jacques Demy and the French New Wave. Yeah, and the French New Wave has almost become a little bit of a forgotten era in the film world nowadays. But to a lot of the filmmakers that you've come to enjoy, that are like classic filmmakers now, like Spielberg, Tarantino, Scorsese, they were all influenced by this filmmaking movement that occurred in the 1950s and the 1960s. That was just this absolutely new way of approaching filmmaking, mostly centered in France. Hence the name French New Wave. Definitely, and also Jacques Demy is one of my favorites. Today <laughs> we're gonna hone into three films. The three films we're going to be talking about are Lola, The Umbrellas of Cherbourg, and The Young Girls of Rochefort. Right. So we're gonna just call them Umbrella and Young Girls for the short. <laughs> First of all, let's talk about the French New Wave. It is a French art film movement that emerged in the late 1950s. This movement was characterized by its rejection for traditional filmmaking conventions in favor of experimentation and a spirit of iconoclasm. So, new wave filmmakers explore a new approach to editing, visual style, narrative, as well as engagement with the social and the political upheavals of the time, and they often making use of irony or exploring existential themes. Yes, and the way this French new wave movement influenced. Newer generations, it really encouraged people to be more experimental, like what Eve said, and to just approach filmmaking in a different way. And that helped influence movements like the New Hollywood Movement, where you had filmmakers like Peter Bogdanovich, Francis Ford Coppola, and it helped start a new movement out of Los Angeles called the LA Rebellion,、mm. which comprised mostly of black filmmakers out of UCLA、mm. and the British New Wave filmmakers coming out of the UK and coming out of England. And among these sort of individuals would be people like Stanley Kubrick to a certain extent, and David Lean, and a lot of these directors that would approach films in a new way. Definitely, definitely. And when I said the background for this movement, so around that time the critiques were basically rejecting the traditional qualities of mainstream French cinema. Which are really emphasis on the craft over innovation and then the old works over experimentation.、Mm -hmm. So this group of artists, they were like, "Nope, we're gonna change that."、Yep. Um, Turn、so、the this, whole world upside down. Exactly, <laughs> and then I really like it. The films are kind of really exhibit direct into sound on the film stock that require less lighting. So the filming technique includes like fragmented, discontinuous editing, long takes. Also, the combination for realism, subjectivity, and commentary created narrative ambiguity in the scene. This French New Wave was popular roughly around, I will say, nineteen fifty-eight and nineteen sixty-two. So, the biggest socio-economic forces behind it was actually right after World War Two, and it has a really huge influence on the whole entire movement. Politically and financially drained, like the France, basically tend to fall back on the old popular pre-war traditions, and this movement has its roots in rebellions against the reliance on the past forms. Yeah. So, Jacques Demy's world 
was very much influenced by all of these different forces. France of the 1950s was essentially France that had just been liberated from Nazi Germany and Vichy France. It was a world that was being rebuilt from the ashes. And Jacques Demy was alongside very famous filmmakers like, like Jean-Luc Godard and François Tuffaut. But Demy's approach to film was influenced by many different sources like Hollywood musicals, Japanese manga, and opera. And his characters have overlapping continuities. They are pretty much used in one, from one film to the next. They're used over multiple productions and multiple stories. And they very much have overlapping themes. As I mentioned, I really, really love this filmmaker. And I think his style really just drew upon a lot of diverse sources, such as, as Alex said, the Hollywood musicals, the documentarian realism for his new wave colleagues, um, fairy tales, jazz, you know, Japanese manga, and also the opera. His films contain really overlapping continuity. For example, like characters cross over from one film to another. Also, very lushy, you know, musical scores typically composed um, by Michelle. And also motifs like teenage love, labor rights, incest, and also the intersection between dream and reality. Yeah. Today, we're going to narrow it down into three films. Let's first talk about Lola. This is one of my favorites, I will say. Oh, yeah. Lola is an absolutely spectacular film. There's a very wonderful story in the middle of it. While at the same time, it's being articulated and portrayed in such a unique manner. And the story of Lola is actually rather simple, as a matter of fact, because it revolves around this man named Roland, who is very much suffering from personal crises. He's trying to find his way in life. And he ends up encountering a young woman named Lola, who works at a cabaret. And Lola is the object of interest for two other individuals, Michelle and this other individual who is a sailor in the American Navy. And Frankie. Frankie. Thank you. So Frankie, Michelle, and Roland are all infatuated with Lola, and it's essentially a story of how Lola goes about navigating her own life and navigating love through these kind through this kind of environment. Well, well essentially Roland is the main figure that pushes the story forward. Mm-hmm. And as the film progresses, in a very non-traditional manner, it's not a matter of like America where you have a sense of stakes, they're trying to do something, everyone's fixating towards this one goal. It's very much looser. You see how Frankie goes about his life talking to people. You see how Michelle goes about interacting with life. You see Lola interacting with life. And you see Roland especially interacting with life. But there is one thing that is always consistent within the film, and that's the cabaret. Mm. In the very beginning, you see American sailors dancing in the cabaret. You see Lola dancing in the cabaret and singing. And by the end of the film, you have Roland entering at a much later date to reunite himself with Lola, and the two leave, and the film ends in the cabaret itself. So there are a lot of common motifs that hold all the scenes together and hold the entire film together and create this wonderful ambiance that you just can't help adoring and enjoying. I think ambiance is the word, because when I was watching that film, it doesn't really have a... You know, like, oh, 100 things are happening at the same time. It's Demi really take his pace and then pace out everything mm-hmm. concept-wise, plot-wise, emotion-wise, storytelling-wise, mm-hmm. and also, like, the color usage, which mm-hmm. I'm going to dive in right now. Black and white. So non-traditionally colorful, you know, we're going to talk about that in Umbrella and the Young Girls. Mm-hmm. But here, this film is black and white yeah what's kind of the function of that what do you think first of all well i think black and white 
is really the original way films were made. Back in the 1920s, 1910s, in the 1800s, all the content that was cinematic was black and white to a certain degree. And it wasn't until the 1930s when you finally started to have color in Mm. Warner Brothers pictures like The Adventures of Robin Hood, for example. Mm. And as you got into the 1950s, you sort of had these two parallel universes where you have black and white and color. When you had color to certain things, Colors make people feel certain emotions. Green reminds you of the earth. Blue reminds you of the sky. Purple is a very seductive color, while yellow is the color of heat. And it's the color of life to a certain degree. And with black and white, you don't have the colors affecting you. You have very dark and sharp colors like grays, whites, and blacks mm. that make you feel a particular kind of way. That's why they're used a lot in noir films because mm-hmm. noirs cause you to feel certain emotions that are very heightened Right. And certain, like, uh, what's the word? A certain gravity about itself. Yeah. And in Lola, it just goes to show how love is very much this, like, enjoyable emotion. It's very lighthearted sometimes. Everyone always comments. And whenever you hear a love song, it's always, like, very poppy a little bit. Mm. But in this kind of circumstance, because it's black and white, the colorations and the way people go about the story, love has a very grave outlook to it and there's this very much this sharpness that exists in love turns love from this like very light-hearted element to a very dense element and it adds more to the emotions that are there mm, interesting well i have a different take on that for me the black and white really make me feel like looking through this storyline it's such a storyline that is completely not in my world mm-hmm. it almost brings a really nostalgic sentiment to go through everything detail-wise for their story. Mm. So I got really attached um, and detached at the same time from the storyline because the black and white really just made me think I'm enjoying this at the moment specific French New Wave film. It's not Mm. necessarily in my life, but the way they really portray their story got me also really attached. Mm. Especially there are different like philosophical even usage for the notion of double are Mm. so interesting the mirroring and the double are really really heavily used in this film Mm -hmm. so all people are kind of like a reflection for our central character lola um the mirrored image reflect past on each other Mm -hmm. also within this whole film there is this young girl cecile Mm -hmm. and there is this like older girls, Cecile, which is Lola, in our incidents. So what were you thinking when you see this notion of double? I think it is a very, how would you say? It is a very wonderful technique that's used in storytelling. And in filmmaking, it's particularly here in the character of Lola. And how you see a young girl named Cecile, who is also known as Lola. And how these two characters are sort of two halves of the same coin. That was actually used in the Lord of the Rings of all books. Mm. Because in the Lord of the Rings, you have these double characters, only they take different names. You have the character of Aragorn, whose double would be Boromir. Aragorn is one kind of character, the character of the good, while Boromir is the character of the bad, the character that fails. And same thing with Gandalf and Saruman. It's Gandalf is a good character that portrays the path of good. Saruman falls off the path of good and ends up in the path of evil, in the path of being... an antagonist character. So Lola is very much along these same lines. And it just goes to show the sort of storytelling uh, techniques 
that Jacques Demy was able to master and able to understand and weave into his own stories. Definitely. Because when the story first started, of course, Lola was flirting with Frankie, the American soldier. Um, and then, you know, Lola doesn't feel the same way back because Frankie really loves him. And also there's another love interest, as you said, Roland. Mm -hmm. So he falls in love with Lola, but Lola still really kind of get really attached for her crush, uh, Michelle. And then um, the younger Cecile actually met this Frankie mm -hmm. guy. And it's kind of her first crush on this American soldier. So you can see the story really repeats itself. Mm -hmm. You know, those two could be really, really different individuals. But we can see those similar stories are literally the guideline and platforms for a hundred different version of story could be recreated and re-immersed in other people's life. Mm -hmm. So I would say maybe the one portray of one person's story is a reflection for the society as a whole. Oh, yes. And it just goes to show the universality of all our stories. And one of the beautiful things about the French New Wave films, and Jacques Demy in particular, it's just the commonalities that exist for all of humanity. It's something that I always try to strive for in my stories. How, at the end of the day, we all want the same things. Mm. We all desire the same things. But they may come about in different ways and we all have different stories. But this is a clear example of that. Definitely. When I mentioned that Demi loved to use one character in his one film <laughs> to another, that's what I mean. Right now, we're going to dive right into the Umbrellas. Mm. So, yeah, Alex, don't, why don't you tell us the plot? Well, The Umbrellas of Shelburne is a very deceptive film, I have to say. As much as it's a musical, it's like colorful Why do you think positive, this is deceptive? Well... I would say it's very deceptive because it starts out feeling like this kind of a love story and then it ends on such a real note. Because most people think about a musical, they think about it in the kinds of ways where it's a temporal atmosphere. They think of yeah. Cats, they think of Phantom of the Opera, they may think of Evita, they may think of, if you're thinking about Sondheim, Sweeney Todd, they may think of West Side Story. This kind of world where music and love and emotions and colorations create a very lighthearted atmosphere. But in The Umbrellas of Shelburne, it starts out that way, but then it progresses to something that's very real, that's very true, and very down-to-earth. So it all begins with the story of Guy and Guy and Genevieve. Guy is a mechanic just trying to work his way in life. Genevieve lives with her mother, and the mother doesn't want Genevieve to go out with this young Guy, while Guy is taking care of his sickly aunt with a young woman named Magdalene, who just works around the house. Now, Magdalene is in love with Guy, but Guy doesn't pay any attention to her, while Genevieve is very much in love with, e with Guy during the first act, so say. But then tragedy strikes, and Guy has to go to Algeria to fight in the Algerian War, which was a big conflict at the time. And while Guy was away, Genevieve sort of lost heart. She ended up falling in love with a man named Roland, mm. who is mentioned in the film Lola. And she didn't really fall in love with Roland, though. I think Roland fell in love with her first way. Yes, but it ended up developing in such a way where Roland's affections were reciprocated, and Genevieve pretty much said, okay, I might as well be with Roland rather than Guy. Guy could be dead, Guy could be alive. So she ended up transferring her love that she would have had for Guy to Roland. And then when that occurs, Genevieve goes with Roland, Guy returns, Guy ends up marrying Madeleine, and they ended up opening their own gas station mechanic shop. And on one snowy night, Genevieve returns with the daughter of Guy. And ends up, they end up having a reunion. They end up talking about life. 
but Guy sends Genevieve and his daughter on their way because Genevieve left for Roland. She has her own life, and Guy has his own life with somebody who really does care for him and who is there for him. And it really goes back to an old uh, Crosby, Stills, Nash song. Mm. If you can't be with the one you love, love the one you're with. Mm. And that's exactly what's true in this case. Because Guy wasn't there and Genevieve wasn't there and there was a distance and quite a lot in between Guy and Genevieve. And there was no real means of communication that could cement their bond. Mm. Genevieve had to go with Roland and she opted to go with Roland. And Guy ended up opting to go with somebody who did wait or actually was there at the end of the day. Do you think she really loved Roland? I think at the end of the day, Genevieve matured enough to know that essentially who she was when she was 16 isn't the person who she ended up becoming. And she ended up believing that, okay, I need somebody in my life. Guy is not here. I don't know if Guy is alive or dead. And I need to be with someone who can support me and my daughter. So she ended up opting for Roland and ended up believing that she w- does love him and will love him at the end of the day. Even though Guy would be her so-called true love and everything, true love really isn't the basis of marriages. It isn't the basis of bonds and partnerships of this nature. If anything, true love fades. The reason you're with someone at the end of the day is because there's a true incentive for you to be with that person. It could be financial. It could be personal. It could be something along the lines of trying to advance yourself in society. But at the end of the day, the way the marriages will work out, the way the relationships will work out, is if there's a general consensus of like niceness, there's openness and communication, and that's what causes the marriages to last for 20, 30, 40 years. Mm, yeah. I will say personally, I think the plot is not the most complicated plot in the world. Mm-hmm. Um, different people can have different take on the plot. It's also a very simplistic version of the real life story. Because if we put this into reality, a lot of, you know, a hundred different elements could play into this whole storyline. But, you know, somehow the universality for this story really make it powerful. I personally really interesting the film technique and also the usage of color. Mm-hmm. The color is so beautiful. Um, I mean, for people, you know, audience, guys, if you haven't seen this film, I highly recommend it just to watch it, please. Highly recommend it. It's very good. <laughs> you know, you don't need to think about a plot or you don't think about like philosophical questions. Mm-mm. You just need to look at like different part of the movie. Then the color will make you really feel touched. And... You know, filmmaker really put a lot of the detail and thoughts, efforts into make it really coherent and balanced. Mm-hmm. You can see the characters, their clothes are really in line with the interior design for their stores. Mm-hmm. Um, the little corner for a French street could be literally like your desktop mm-hmm. background. Oh, yes. So the very interesting detail design play into the whole aesthetic for the film make it really, really well designed. Mm-hmm. And... Another key aspect of The Emperors of Schaubourg, which is actually really wonderful, is the fact that it's completely sung through. Even when you don't think a song should be there, a song is there. For example, when uh, Guy is with the other mechanics and they're tidying up for the day, and they're essentially putting on their coats and they're talking about, I'm going away, I'm staying here, I'm going to take care of the car, and they're just singing all these lines that you really wouldn't think are musical, but somehow they really are musical in this context. It makes sense. Mm. And that's a very difficult thing to achieve in a musical because one of the biggest criticisms that most people would have and part of the reason why musicals aren't necessarily sung through is that every moment has to be 
worthy of songs, so to say.、Mm. Like there are emotions there that have to be sung. But in this film, it doesn't seem like they have to sing in certain points. But then again, it makes perfect sense. And for them not to sing in those instances would make no sense. Definitely. Also, Roland is literally the same actor, same、mm-hmm. character from Lola.、Mm-hmm. So the film Lola ends when Lola met Michelle, and they continue for their happy life. It's a very idealistic ending,、mm-hmm. and Roland、um, by himself didn't really get the love from Lola.、Mm-hmm. Here, this movie starts as Roland falling in love with our main character. So the story literally like just you know fall one on top of another. Make us think about you know even though the world is really big, it's not that big, technically.、Mm-mm. The world is very small, and one network could be really connected with another one. You just never know.、Mm-hmm. And I feel like the thoughts behind it is just so interesting.、Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's absolutely, you're absolutely right, and it's absolutely an amazing thing. And just the whole story itself is just beyond. It's. Almost goes back to the saying where the most beautiful things in the world are the simplest things in the world.、Mm. So, like a simple story with sung through melody and wonderful colors like yellows, pinks, and greens, that has a lot more beauty than any musical would have if they have like high production values on Broadway, like flashiness and bombs and smoke and everything like that.、Mm. Also, compared to a lot of the action film right now, oh yeah, there are like a thousand different things happening in the one same thing. Mm-hmm. Um, like okay, but I personally got really tired of it after I watched two of them.、Mm-hmm. But this French New Wave film, it made me really feel like it's really comfortable for me to watch it when I literally want nothing in my head, and then I literally just enjoyed in the moment experience.、Mm-hmm. So when you literally observe the time and also the environment, when you're doing nothing, you are more aware of your surroundings and also the detail in your life. Mm-hmm. So even though you're technically doing like nothing, but there are a lot of work to be done, and、mm. I think those are the sentimentality that could be really learned from watching those two films.、Mm-hmm. You can choose a really simple afternoon, you know, have your tea、um, or your coffee, and then just like think nothing, enjoy this whole aesthetics, even though you don't need to consider and, and like really think through this plot because it's really easy.、Mm-hmm. Every single element in this film is very. Eye comforting,、mm-hmm. and then you just enjoy it in your moment, and it, it's very just like the essence for your life.、Mm-hmm. You may think about ten different responsibility, but it's really about whether you really enjoy this one specific moment or not. Yes, it's very much all about living in the moment, and it's all about focusing on things. And part of the beauty of the French New Wave is just they're really just approaching what reality is. It's very philosophical films. It's all about viewing yourself in relation to everything, and you sort of think when you're watching these films, where am I in relation to all this? Where could I be in? How could I live in this world? Because this world very much reflects the world that I live in right now. Even though I may live in 2020 quarantine era, COVID era, just New York City, the same minutiae and the day-to-day lives that would be expressed in the French New Wave would still be reenacting on the streets. Exactly, like I said, history always repeat itself,、mm-hmm. and one character's story could be replicated by another, and that's also marketing tool though, because I personally <laughs> think Demi is very 
smart. That's literally cross promotion. When I said, "Oh, like there's this character from one this movie to another," make sure to tune in another movie. Of course, we will watch two movies instead、mm-hmm. of one. Oh yes, absolutely brilliant. And another really interesting thing that he did was he had the same kinds of colors, the same kinds of environments that existed from one film to the next. Now with Lola and with、uh, the umbrellas of Cherbourg, there's not a lot. Out of like visual similarities, because one's black and white and one's color, but when you compare the umbrellas of Shellbog to the young girls of Rushfall, there are a lot of very visual similarities there, musical similarities, even movement similarities to a certain degree in both films. What do you think are the similarities? I think the sim- because I personally think it's pretty different. Well, I think a lot of the similarities just go about in the way that they approach. Just the basic way they approach the musical itself, because while the umbrellas of Shellborg are sung through and they show like very much in a musical fashion how drama develops, how the life develops, and the young girls of Rushford, it's those same kinds of colors, the same pinks and greens and yellows, but they're expressed in a different kind of way, where they're sung in certain parts, they're speaking in certain areas, and there's just more of an element of dance to fill in the voids, where this sort of Well, this sort of film dives into at certain、mm. degrees, and there's also just more complexities in the young girls of Rushford builds onto the sort of storytelling foundation that the umbrellas of Shellborg really laid out. Yeah, definitely. I personally think they are different.、Um, they're also similar, so I agree and don't agree with you. Like I said, I think both sides of the film are really just focused on its color. You know, either the umbrella or the young girls' color are just absolutely amazing.、Mm-hmm. They're really good on eye. The way they think their lines through and then talking through the entire story through singing are also one of the similarities.、Mm. But I would say the color in the young girls a little bit more like retro、mm. compared to the umbrellas.、Really? Because in the umbrella, I feel like the color saturation, the hue is more pure,、mm. and then the young girl is more like sunset feeling. It's more of Once at a time in Hollywood, it was kind of like Tarantino vibes. Ah, yeah, and also really, really appreciate the dance movement,、mm. the whole formation, configuration, design of the camera movement. Really think through how one person is moving through this one long hallway, and how two other actors or actresses can really come right into it.、Mm-hmm. So I feel like this really designed, played out formation of dancing and the whole thing are really, really sophisticated.、Mm-hmm. I highly think those things could be, you know, if we use those techniques in right now these days, is still very fashionable.、Mm-hmm. Yeah, and the main thing, and this is probably something we should go into about the young girls of Rushford, is the story. The young girls of Rushford is about two girls who are twins. And it's all about how they go about trying to see life amid a traveling circus that comes into the town itself—a traveling carnival—and how they fell. They sort of interact with two carnival workers, so to say, and their mother, who owns the cafe where the carnival workers frequent. And it's all about how they go about and interact with this world. So you never really know what will happen or how things end up, but you do understand by the end of it, even though it's slightly. Even though it's not vi- explicitly shown, it's hinted at the end. You understand that there is a happy note for at least one person or multiple individuals, and you understand that everybody is almost in a, fro- in a full circle, but everything is in a little bit of a different circumstance. Right, and as I said, like the overlapping notion is also very dominant in this movie as well.
I'm not gonna provide that much spoilers, so <laughs> I really highly recommend you guys to watch it. It's I think all three of them are available on Canopy. Yep. So stay tuned. Yeah, you can find them on Canopy. You can also probably find them on Prime Video, maybe Netflix, or uh, I'm not sure Disney Plus or HBO Max would have them. I don't think it's in their catalogs because these are very much like French New Wave films. They're very much of a certain uh, caliber. But if you can go to the library or any online library's resources, you'll definitely find them there. They're essentially pieces of history now, I have to say. All right, so this is the French New Wave, Jacques Demy and his three films. I really hope... Today's information is very useful to you guys. Those three films, all of them are really great. So if you have time, like I said, pick an afternoon and really enjoy. Think nothing, enjoy in the moment, and enjoy the notion of doubleness, the repetitiveness, and also overlapping.、Mm-hmm. It's a very interesting, unique design that you don't need to watch a hundred elements in your eye and then see people do all kind of actions and fighting.、Mm-hmm. It's not that busy. But it's a pure enjoyment. Yes, and be sure to visit our Facebook page, Instagram, Spotify, and our Patreon. We'll be posting some titles, the titles that we've talked about, and also some other titles from the French New Wave by Truffaut and Jean-Luc Godard, so that you can take your studies even further and take your enjoyment of films even further. Right. Have a great weekend. I hope you guys、um, tune in those three movies, and let's see you next time. Bye bye. See you next time.